Hmm. Thank you, precious Holy Ghost. Father, in the name of Jesus, we receive illumination by your spirit. We've not come to watch a show. We've not come to hear gist. We've not come to acquire information. We've come to the place of transformation to experience your light. We ask that you open our eyes that we may behold wondrous truths from your word. We receive the spirit of wisdom and a revelation in the knowledge of you. Thank you because no one will ever remain the same. Jesus alone glorified for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen, amen, and amen. Glory to God. Mm. All right, so last week, Wednesday, I want you to settle down, get your Bibles, get your notepads, get your devices, however you're capturing God's thoughts this evening. I want you to brace up for this flight that is about to take off. Armed for glory, we began to examine this last week, Wednesday. If you missed part one, because this is a two-month-long series, Part one is extremely critical. It's the foundation. It's the base. I want to encourage you to make our time to revisit. Our anchor scripture is Romans chapter 13 from verse 11 to verse 14. Romans chapter 13 from verse 11 to verse 14. The scripture's admonition says, And do this, knowing the time that now it is I time to awake out of sleep. This is a beckoning. This is what you call a wake-up call, a, a, a clarion call to the body of Christ. It says, for now, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. We are much closer than we ever have been. These are the days of prophecy. These are the times spoken about. This is the best of the entire span of time to be alive. It says the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. We were made to highlight and underline this last week. Put on the armor of light. Put on the armor of light. Put on the armor of light. Verse 13. Let us walk properly as in the day. Not in revelry and drunkenness. Not in lewdness and lust. Not in strife and envy. Verse 14. It says, but glory to God. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. To fulfill its lusts. Please let me read verse 14 once again. It says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts. Glory to God. Our second anchor scripture is Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10 to verse 13. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might put on we see this admonition again put on the whole armor of god don't pick a few pieces and consider yourself to be well dressed don't dress just camera view and below camera we have no idea what's going on he says put on the whole armor of god that you may be able to stand against the wiles the 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 cunningness the crafty strategic 
assault of the enemy. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It says that if you have an insight into what is up against you, it can encourage and inspire you to the extent to which your preparation should go. It says, but against principalities, against powers, not to scare you, but to encourage you that, see, when you are fully decked up, these, these things have no match against the, the, the believer. Against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Verse 13, it says, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor. Is emphasizing it lest somebody picks an helmet, says I'm fine. Another person picks a breastplate. It says, well, we will, we will merge together. It says, no, the formation of this army is not one helmet. One, no, it is, a, it is a well glorified army. Everyone fully dressed. Everyone fully kitted. Everyone in the full armor of light. Everyone fully decked up, armed for his glory, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. Wow. Wow. So a quick recap, a quick recap. I, I will definitely not be able to do an extensive recap, but a quick recap of the bricks we were able to lay last week, Wednesday. We said the gospel is simple. It's not simplistic. You can't pick one thing and say that is my one and disappear with it. No. You are going to pay attention to the full package. You are going to pay attention to the full armor. That is, it is, that is where glory lies. The next thing we learned is that it is dangerous to be incompletely or improperly dressed. It means that if I just choose that, well, this is what the camera sees. I'm going to have a nice shirt, nice tie. But below, I could just be my PJs and, 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 and just be fine. It says it's dangerous for the believer because what you have done is you will have made an avenue for the lust of the flesh to gain expression. You have to be fully, fully decked up. And that will make um, more expansive implications to us as we dive into the word this evening. And the last thing we settled last week is if you've done all of this preparation to stand, then stand. Then stand, show up, show up, show up, represent his majesty, show forth his glory, show up, be that example of the believer. Others might be jokers, you know, reveling in drunkenness and lust and envy. He says, but let's find the epitomes, the exemplary ones who are, who are dressed in the armor of light so that we don't begin to re-explain to our worlds that once upon a time there were believers like this. No, not once upon a time. In these days, God is raising his best of the best of his best and I see you be a part of that army. In the mighty name of Jesus, if you believe it, shout glory to God. All right. Uh, so today, there are about seven components of this armor. We are not going to rush them. In fact, today, we are going to pick only one. Um, the reason why we are going to pick only one, two reasons. This is the first one Apostle Paul mentions. So we want to pay attention to it. That's the first reason. The other reason why we are picking only one is, how do you put on in the spirit? How do you literally put on? How do you, is, 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 it, is, is it somewhere? Is, is there like a real belt? Is there a real helmet? How do you put on? All right. We want to settle what put on means. So that when you are putting on the belt or the breastplate, we can apply the same put on. So this is like an advanced introduction. 
And then we go into the first piece. I think it's the New Living Translation that calls them the pieces of God's armor. So we're going to look at the first one as we build this, 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 this fully decked army of light, boy. I, I, I don't know if you can see it. It's a large army. It's a strong army. It's a glorious army. It's an undefeatable army. Glory to Jesus. All right. So what does it mean to put on? You know, the scriptures are so complete. If only you can stay there and ask the Holy Spirit, how do we put on? <laughs> Before I get into the scripture we're about to read, I, I remember back in the days in a certain country I shall not mention. Whenever we had a special dignitary visiting um, in the certain teaching hospital of the country where I trained, I mentioned no names, all right, when you, whenever we have a special dignitary visiting, just because they had signed contracts for some things to be done that were never done, whenever maybe the governor of the state is coming or the president of the country is visiting, they, they enter into a, into a season of works and repairs. You just discover that things that have not worked for so long, they, they have to work for the 30-minute visit. And we coined a term because of the dissatisfaction some of us add to the very poor maintenance culture that things have to break and be broken <laughs> before anybody considers fixing them. And you just come one day and you see everywhere shining and glittering. And they called it renovation projects. We had a new name for it. We called it reno painting. <laughs> reno painting. Now, if you cannot follow with me, imagine someone has a, a, a car. Raggedy, raggedy, raggedy. Rusted, rusted, busted. <laughs> and says, well, we have to package this car for glory. We have to package it for glory. Now, if, you're, if we don't settle how we put on, you will think what we are talking about is reno painting. You know, sound like it, look like it, act like it, dress like it, not knowing that this is really an inward change transformation that manifests on the outside. This is how in the realm of the spirit we put on. So there are two ways to get that car fixed. One is just to splash paint on it. It's going to look good, but it doesn't change the fact that structurally that is, that is disaster. But it will look good if you put it beside another new car with new paint from the outside. They will look the same. I don't want us to visit this conversation with PD is teaching us how to look like an army dressed for glory. No, it is how to be a real army that you can cut, cut or slice thin. There's no rust there. Oh, is somebody getting what I'm saying? You can peel the paint and see that this is the real stuff these people are made of. This is, this is, this, this is the real deal. <laughs> glory to Jesus. So Paul says, lest you begin to think of reno painting and rust covering. Let me show you what it means to put on. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's flick back a few chapters. Ephesians chapter 4. I read from verse 17 and we're going to verse 25. It says, this I say, therefore, please pay attention, push away distractions. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, he's speaking to believers, in the futility of their mind. Verse 18, having their understanding darkened, being alienated. That means the life of God is strange, it's foreign. The realm of miracles, the realm of glory is foreign to these people. It's like mind. <laughs> 
It says, because of the ignorance that is in them. I wish somebody could, uh, to, could underline or highlight that. Because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. That is the rust, as it were. The ignorance that is in them and the blindness of their heart. Verse 19, it says, who being past, feeling have given themselves over to lewdness. Remember where we started from Romans 13? To work all on cleanliness with greediness. Now, we're saying that, chill. <laughs> There's a way out because you must be. This army, this army must be armed with light, armed with glory, wholly, completely, fully. It says in verse 20, But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. That is so loaded. Let's move on. It says that you, now pay attention. The goal is put on. But it says in verse 22, you put off first. Somebody wants to sip a cup of water. You put off first. There is ignorance and there is blindness. You put off first. You will learn first. Concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Verse 23. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. It says this thing is transforming power. You put on by transformation. We don't just want to pick a, 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 a couple of rusted, busted things and just, and, and just paint. We are not here for pictures. We are here to take territories. We, we are here for the, we are here to move. These cars need to move. They are not here for a magazine cover. They, will the engine start? Is it going to work? Is it going to withstand the the dredges and the and the and the and, and the salt and the snow of, of of thick winter, or is it just going to crumble with its beautiful paint? Nothing inside. It says verse twenty four. To show you that this is a product of transformation. Then you put on the new man. Which was created according to God. In true righteousness and holiness. Now after putting on. You think he's done. In verse 25. It says therefore putting away. So if you are writing. The goal is to put on. But it says you put off. You put on. And then you put away. The word used for put off. And the word used for put away. In the root Greek. Same word, but different tenses. One is an action that you do. You take off. One is an action you continue to do. That means <laughs> having put on this armor. Don't allow anything to come and soil your garment. The things you've unlearned, don't, don't allow them creep back. The jubilee you've entered into, don't allow the chains sneak back on your hands. Don't allow the shackles crawl back to your feet. It says having put on. You stand. And that's the process of standing. The putting away is, is, is we're, we're on guard. We're ready. Somebody say glory to God. I said somebody say glory to God. <sighs> so I want you to have that at the back of your mind. When we say put on, really what is going on is there is a putting off, there is a putting on, and there is a putting away. This is not just reno painting. This is a true complete transformation. So this is the format we are going to use for the seven components of the fully decked up believer, the one who is armed for glory. I know we have people taking notes. Some of you are going to use this in study groups. Some of you are going to teach this to people in the near future, some in the far future. I speak by prophecy. 
What is the format we're going to adopt as we unveil this? We are not glossing over this. We are that army. We are, that, we, are, we are not learning because there's a quiz. No, this is not about quiz. This is life now. We must know this in its entirety. Number one, what is the peace? There are seven of them. We are starting with one today. What exactly is it? Number two, is this peace in this outfit, is it protective? Is it defensive? Or is it offensive? Is it guarding, all right? Is it protecting? Is it a defensive tool to prevent harm? Or is it offensive to, to initiate assault against the enemy? All right, we want to settle that. And just so you know, of the seven, five of them are protective slash defensive. Two of them are offensive, just so you know. Not offensive as in offensive. Offensive as in attack, attractive. I believe you get <laughs> what I mean. Pardon my French. Number three, if protective, what organ does it protect? This is extremely critical. Paul was, I believe, by the Spirit, wasn't just trying to be poetic and just saying, okay, I have truth, I have righteousness, I have faith, and the rest. I just want to scatter them. It, it was not scattering. It was deliberate in, in inspiration of the Spirit so that he can pay attention to the organ protected and the implications. Number four, what happens if this piece is not worn? If it's missing in the piece? And then what is the revelation? That is what brings transformation. What is the revelation of this piece to the believer? Those are the points we will consider as we go into the first piece this evening. Uh, are you ready? Wherever you are, just pray under your breath in the, in the spirit. 30 seconds. Get ready to receive God's word. Get ready, get ready. Get ready. Wherever you are, just pray. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. You don't have to look at me in this moment. Pray in the Spirit. Get ready. Get ready. We are not here to paint. We are not here to refurbish. We are not here to stage for a photo shoot. We are here to arm for life. We are here to receive transformation. Thank you, precious Holy Ghost. Glory be unto your name. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen, amen, and amen. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 14. I'll read from the King James... I'll read from the Living Bible. I'll read from the Good News Bible, Good News Translation. It says, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. Of course, it talks about the breastplate of righteousness. If Jesus tarries, we'll be here next week. Your loins girded about with truth. In the Living Bible, it says you will need the strong belt of truth. You will need the, it means that if you have a belt and you are not wearing it, that is not, that is not the armor. If you have a belt and, you, and you've worn it and it's not tightened, all right? Many of us will remember the, some years ago now when in the hip-hop community, something called sagging was very popular, sagging. Folks, well, I don't want to go to the history of sagging, but you, you would see grown Grown-up men, <laughs> you know, with the, they're meant to have belts, but the belts are not girded. All right. Uh, let, let's, let's just pause there. In the TLB, the Living Bible, it says a strong belt of truth. In the good news, it says with the truth as a belt tight around your waist, tight. Please, we have to pay attention to the full revelation of what the scripture is telling us. Remember the danger of incomplete or improper decking up. 
It says it's not just the belt. The belt must be worn and it has to be tightened. Why? Why? So, what is the piece? Let's begin to fill in our format. The, the first piece is the belt of truth. The belt of truth. The belt of truth. Truth. Worn tightly as a belt. Is this protective? Is it defensive? Is it offensive? This definitely is a protective gear. It's defensive. All right? So we've answered number two question. If protective, what organ does it protect? Now let's go back to that. It says your loins. This is old English. All right? In some other versions, it says your waist. Now I dug deep into the English dictionary. And I'm going to switch to the Revelation Dictionary and tell us the implication of your loins. As far as human anatomy and human dictionary is concerned, the loins or the waist refer to the area of the lower abdomen and above the hip. That is talking about the private area, the reproductive area. Now, why is it important? That is the region that, in fact, in the root Greek, if you look at the word used in the Greek for loins there, it talks about the seat of the, it calls it the internal productive power. The place where the reproductive seed, both of the male and the female, is abhorred. Think about it. Protect your loins. Protect your loins. What does this mean under revelation? What does this mean under the floodlight of the illumination of God's spirit? And what happens if that place is exposed? Now imagine somebody on a day of glory. All right. Someone has just been announced, the new prime minister, the new president, the new governor. And they, their tailor just brought this size. Maybe their waist is 32. And somehow there was only size 36 and says oh no we have a belt just tighten it the person forgot to tighten it and you're on live tv follow me you're on live tv giving a passionate speech on how the economy is going to change how we are going to influence taxes how we are going to do this to the schools do this to healthcare how we're going to and and while you're saying all of that you don't know that your belt has <laughs> your, your belt has dropped what is that the first thing that comes to mind is shame shame God says the believer who will not be ashamed will be the one who has invested in truth. Somebody's seen it. Number one. <laughs> Number, so just follow. What happens if not one? Number one, shame. Number two, that root word says this is where the, the as it were, permit me to use this, organs of reproduction are housed. It says that the believer who is not tightly Tightly, tightly wearing the belt of truth will be an unproductive, unproductive believer. Will be a eunuch. <laughs> There's a teaching Pastor Matthew did at the this current IGOC, the Tuesday, the workers training, which I believe is public online for, for you to revisit. Talked about eunuchs, the people who cannot reproduce. When this belt is, is missing, the, the seat of reproductive powerhouse, literally in the Greek now, is under attack. There is no reproduction. There is no fruits. There is no fruitfulness. Nothing is produced. <laughs> nothing is reproduced. They are just like that. 
That's the number two implication of not having this piece properly decked on. Number three implication under the floodlight of revelation is that imagine now, imagine, imagine you have someone, you have two people, they're about to run, all right? They are, they are wearing um, military um, camouflage, all right? One has their belt tight. The other one does not have the belt tightened properly. You know, for every few, few steps taken, one is free to gain speed. The other one has to, to pause, pull up, tighten, and then run again. It drops, run, pull up. That is a drag. That is drag. The number three implication, if this piece is not properly worn, is it will slow down your journey. There will be no speed. That person's race will be very natural, very slow. Uh, all right. All right. So what is the peace? It is the belt of truth. It is a protective defensive gear. It protects the organs or the organ responsible for. So we've seen what happens when it's not there now. Shame, no productivity and drag. That means that when the belt of truth is properly worn in a believer, in that believer, you're going to see honor. Not just honor, you will see double honor. You're going to see productivity, fruitfulness that is divine. And you're going to see speed, divine speed, acceleration by the Spirit because they've tightened their belt. Somebody say glory to God. Ah, So, let's delve into God's Word and just shine some light on some of the points identified. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. I believe most of us know this in the King James. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. In the same thought context, we see the word ashamed and we see the word truth used in the same, very same place. It means that the antidote to shame in this kingdom is a revelation of the truth. And hear me, we're going to get into it when we address the last point. What is the revelation of this piece? This is not that I have acquired more information. This is not that I now have, as beautiful as it is, a diploma, a bachelor's, a master's, a PhD in theology, as beautiful as those things are. This is not an education or an information of the truth. This really is a revelation of the truth. That is what this piece is. For many have degrees, but their shame is as, as, as shameful as shame can be. It says, let me read it in the NLT. It says, work hard. There's going to be diligence involved so that you can present yourself to God. Now, in context here, this was Paul talking to his spiritual son who was a young pastor. So many have a tendency to read this and say, this standard is for pastors. These are the people who have to divide the truth. No, hear me. Your life is going to require you. Life is going to, is going to come at you to, to verify if what you have is the truth. This is not just about being able to teach nicely at midweek, cell meeting, Sunday service. No, it's beyond the teaching. It's about the life. It says, be a good worker. One who does not need to be ashamed. One who correctly explains the word of truth. <sighs> thank you, Jesus. I said, thank you, Jesus. In the Amplified Classic, let, let's see there's some light here for us. It says, study and be eager and do your utmost to present yourself to God approved. I love this. 
It means that your standard is not a quiz. Your standard is not that assignment. Your standard is not the people around you. Your, your standard is unto God. It says, tested by trial, a workman who has no cause to be ashamed. You know, there is a confidence you have when you know that you know who you know. And you know that you know what you know. And you know that you know who you are. And you know that you know where you are from. And you know that you know where you are seated. And you know that you know who is on your side. So that you can be surrounded by physical chariots. But you already have the belt of truth. Those who don't have it are shaking in shame and in fear. But you who have a revelation. You can see now this is no more physical. You have peep into the eye. And you can see that they that be with us. Boy, 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 boy. It says when you see shaky and shaking, fearful, ashamed believers that cannot look situations in the face, there is a truth deficiency. It says correctly analyzing, accurately dividing, rightly handling, and skillfully teaching the word of truth. You know, in the Amplified, the word of truth is in caps. It immediately begins to point you. This word of truth is not a, a, a folder of information. This is a revelation of a person. I pray for you that beyond words spoken will be life communicated. In the name of Jesus, every expectation of shame in your life, we cancel it by the blood of Jesus. For your shame, in accordance with scripture, double honor is your portion. As you begin to stay in the word and you begin to unveil a revelation of the truth and you wear it tightly, there are no loose ends. There are no gaps. There are no assumptions. There are no gray areas. You've entered into the fullness of light by the Spirit. I pray for you that shame comes to an end in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. The second implication of an unprotected and undefended loins, waste exposed, is no productivity. No productivity. John chapter 15, I read verse 4 and verse 5 from the New King James. It says, abide in me. Don't, don't, don't just visit. Don't just check me out. Don't just need me for a miracle. Don't just show up on Sunday for, for, for the motions. It says abide, dwell, dwell, dwell in me. And I also dwell in you. This will make sense from Sunday's teaching. It says as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. There is no fruitfulness without connection to the vine. There is no productivity without a revelation of the truth. I am the vine. This is the truth. <laughs> this is the truth speaking to you now. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me. She who abides in me. That family that can hold on to me. It says, and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you are eunuchs. <laughs> Without me, you are, you are completely impotent and unable. There's no seed. There's no fruit. There's nothing. Forget it. And I will need to arrive at the point in our journey where it is not just about things, things, and things, but it is more about him, him, and him. Hear me? There's much fruit in him. You know, scriptures are not joking when he says everything you're looking for. 
everything you are chasing after was designed to chase after you. You are running in this direction. Goodness and mercy is looking for you. You are chasing, chasing things. He says, no, come to me. Seek my righteousness. Seek my kingdom. Stay with the truth. I am divine. Because of our time, number three. When your belt is not tightened well, you can't, you can't run. You can't even run fast. You will run a little. You will pull up a bit. Tighten. You. In fact, some will actually need to hold it and be doing like this. Hey, ain't no speed that way. In these last days, God is, God, is, God is bringing his children that see. We are entering into a season of divine acceleration that what has taken others many 10 years, what has taken many 20 years, God is, is condensing time into days right now. But you are going to need this belt tightened so that you can move. Walking in abundance, moving with the speed of the Holy Ghost. Of course, I know many of you know by now, I am going to 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 46. It says that the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. And he, Elijah, girded up his loins. He tightened his belt. Now, imagine if the hand of the Lord comes upon him as the hand of the Lord has come upon you, but you've not tightened the belt of truth. You, you, you can't outrun that way. The chariots of, 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 of Ahab will, re, will remain a technological mystery until God's children can show that there is a superior realm of glory that, that it will trump your chariots, your technology, and your speed. Boy, boy. It says the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. He, he himself took responsibility, took, took his belt, tightened it, and, and made full proof of the hand of the Lord that was upon him. My point is, what, what has your ignorance and your blindness cost God in terms of glory? It's because the world, the world will say, the hand of the Lord didn't come upon you. Not knowing that, you didn't gird your loins. So there was no speed. And, and Ahab got to Jezreel, and you were just there strolling. Year 5, year 10, year 50. May it not be your portion. In the mighty name of Jesus. Another version says, Elijah tucked the skirts of his robe in his belt in preparation for quick travel. Uh, <laughs> how many people in this season are ready for quick travel? The, how many people? Boy, 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 boy. I think, I don't know. I, I, I feel like there's somebody in that corner I'm supposed to, that place I'm pointing to now. There's somebody there I'm supposed to face. It says, get ready, get ready. It's time for quick travel. Enough of the games, enough of playing church, enough of, of this and that. No, 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 no. Put off all of those, all of those, all of those things. Put them off. Put on this and then put away. Guard this jealously. It's time for quick travel. The hand of the Lord is resting upon you in this season. It says, settle these matters of truth. What are the great areas in your Christian walk? What are the gray areas? What are the regions where faith has not formed fully on? He tucked his skirts of his robe in his belt, tightened it in preparation for quick travel. And I pray for you, even as I pray for myself, even as I pray for us as a ministry, that this is our season of quick travel. This is our season of speed. Not regular speed. This is our season of divine speed, acceleration by the Spirit. This is our season of unlimited, uncommon fruitfulness by the Spirit. This is our season of honor and double honor by the Spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Hmm. So what is the peace? I want you to answer me. I know you guys are 
excellent, phenomenal students. What is the peace? Is this peace protective? Is it defensive? I'm listening. You know, I can hear you. All right. If protective, what organ does it protect? The waist, the loins. And we now know what that means. All right. The, the, the realm of the spirit is not abstract. It's not vague. It's not just emptiness. It's not space. All right. There's an image to it, which is why we use these um, anthropomorphic, which means human-like descriptions. All right. It's talking about the seat for honor, the seat for productivity, the seat for speed. It's not necessarily a waste, as it were. But please pardon us to use these anthropomorphic languages to describe what is completely supernatural. What happens if it is not worn? There is shame. There is no productivity. And there is a drag, no speed. What is the revelation of this peace? What is the truth? Now, this is where the rubber hits the road. The revelation of the truth and what, what does it mean to wear it tightly and to ensure that there are no loose ends? <sighs> I wrote here in my notes, the more accurate question is not what is the truth. If you're asking, if, you're, if your question is what, if that's what you're asking, what you will land out is facts. But if you can rephrase the question properly, by the spirit, the real question is who? Because the truth is not a what. The truth is a who. And that person is the embodiment of life. Is the embodiment of light. Anything outside of him is a life guaranteed of shame. Anything outside of him is a life guaranteed of no productivity. Anything outside of him is a drag, slow, snail-paced life. But in him, glory to God. Ah, the psalmist says, by my God, by, 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 by the revelation of, of, of his glory, I can run. <sighs> What's the audacity that even made Elijah at his age? I was listening to Pastor Matthew. He said, Elijah was an old man at his age. What, what kind of thing comes on you? Are you to your tightening belt? Someone else is on chariots? These are not, pop, pop, pardon me. These are not chariots of the masses. These are the king's chariots, the best of the best, the, 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 the Ferraris of the land, the fastest. He says, but there's something that can come upon you. You just take the revelation of the truth and you begin to see your true identity in the word. You, you, you see the truth about your marriage. You see the truth about your family. You see the truth about your ministry. You see the truth about your call and you tighten it. You belt. That means to, to tighten it means that there will never be a point where alternate circumstance or alternate realities can convince you otherwise. That's what it means for it to be tight. No loose holes, no loopholes, no gaps, no gaps. Ah, thank you, Jesus. So who is the truth? <laughs> John chapter 14 and verse 6. John chapter 14 and verse 6. Jesus said to him, literally answering Thomas, saying to you, saying to me, I am the way. I am the truth. I'm not a truth. I am not one of the many pathways. No, I am not. I've heard some, some airlines, uh, some analogies using airlines. The, the destination is London, all right, but there are many airways you could fly. Canada, you could fly WestJet. 
you could fly British Airways, you could fly Lufthansa, you know, it's just different airlines, it's still the same destination, and that's our concept of religion. Our religion is love, and you know, there are multiple ways. There's the Christian way to arrive at love, there's the Islam way to arrive at love, there's the Buddhist way to arrive at lo love, there's the Hindu way to arrive at love, there's the Confucius way, last time I checked, over 4,000 religions. 4,000 airlines to one destination. That destination has to be a scam. <laughs> it has to be a scam. Jesus speaking says, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No one. What an audacious, bold statement. This is what it means to have a revelation of the truth. To believe this. No one comes to the Father except through me. Except through me. Hear me, child of God. Bundling, bundling, bundling more information and more facts. That's not where the secret lies. Praying through and receiving light, 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 light. That's where the power lies. That's where the power for your honor. That your life will be one of glory. That's where the power of productivity. That your life will be one of much fruit. That's where the power of divine acceleration. That the power of intense speed by the Spirit is now made fully, fully, fully obvious. To our world, and I believe I'm speaking to those people this evening in the name of Jesus. Can I take in this mo a pause in this moment just to prophesy to someone's life in this season? Your life will be one of double honor in the name of Jesus. I terminate every appointment with shame right now in the name of Jesus. In this season, your life will be one of much fruit. I terminate every appointment with unfruitfulness, every appointment with barrenness. In the name of Jesus, in this season, your life will be one of intense speed by the Holy Ghost. Not just speed on the wrong lane. For what use is speed if you are traveling in the, in the wrong direction? But on the journey of destiny, on the path to glory, I release over your life. The hand of the Lord comes mightily upon you and the grace for divine acceleration rests on you in the name of Jesus. Whatever you thought you lost, whatever time, opportunities, doors, relationships that you thought you've lost, watch, watch, watch the great restorer in this season grant you speed. I decree that it is so. I decree that it is so. Come on, I need a more believing amen. I decree that it is so. In the name of Jesus. Somebody say glory to God. So who is the truth? Jesus is the truth. That means that the peace of the armor of light that guarantees a life of honor, that guarantees a life of fruitfulness, that guarantees a life of, of speed that does not make sense. When did you start? Where did you, where did, where did you come from? You begin to hear people say overnight. <laughs> it is overnight revelation. Not, no, nobody shows up overnight. In a summary, today's teaching is the revelation of Jesus, the Christ. Not an information. Not I know about him. Hmm. No one comes to the Father except through me. I want to round up this evening as we go to a scripture we've read recently. I want to read it again, and I will read it again, until you become uncomfortable with a normal life. In this ministry, to the glory of God, God has not called us to normalcy. 
I want something on your inside. Remember what we learned. To put on, you will first put off. You will put on by light and you take, you accept responsibility to put away anything that is contrary to it. You found your healing in God's word. You've seen it as the truth. You have a revelation of it now. You've put off every mindset of it's okay to be sick. I can be sick sometimes. Sometimes it's just this. Sometimes it's just that. You've, you've put off all of those things. You've put on fully the armor of light and put away is when people, some people you trust, books, pop culture, begins to see otherwise. But how about this person? How about that person? You say, no, in this lane, only revelation counts here. Experience here. Especially experiences that do not align with God's word. They, they have no value on this lane. We round up this evening with Luke chapter 24. This is a story we've read in the, in the past few months. I don't know how many times we will continue to read it. Until you and I will see you need a revelation of Jesus. And let me just say this. A revelation with Jesus or an encounter with Jesus does not necessarily mean, because this is becoming more desired in the body of Christ. I need to flag this at this moment. You know the way somebody who has, who has let me just give an example. Somebody, you know, gets on a test flight. Let's say Virgin Galactic. I know I'm mentioning brands this evening. They need to send royalties. <laughs> I've mentioned a lot of them. I've mentioned some, some flashy luxury cars too. They also need to send, send those cars. All right? If you need the address, contact us. <laughs> Glory to God. Imagine Virgin Galactic offers a test flight to Mars. And some people travel to Mars and they return. And they come back and tell you, well, it was a nice trip. You know, it's different from the earth. You know, sometimes a, a part of you feels cheated. That means I want to go. Don't tell me it's not special. I really, really want to go. I am telling you, having an encounter with the person of Jesus is rich, is beautiful. You can desire it. But do not idolize it. Because when you hear a man of God or a woman of God say, oh, I was sitting down, Jesus walked into my room, he came through the door, or Jesus appeared to me, that's a beautiful thing to say. But that is not the revelation. I, I, let me tell you. Someone who sits down with scriptures, someone who sits down by the help of the Spirit and unveils revelation from the Word of God, somebody who is on this lane, on this lane of glory, that person's life will be more honorable. That person's life will be more fruitful. That person's life will have more acceleration than somebody who coasts and says, well, I'm waiting for Jesus to come and knock on my door. He has revealed himself in Scripture. Go sit there. Please, I hope, I, I, I hope you're not getting me wrong. If you have a physical encounter with Jesus, it is beautiful. Don't desire it to the point where you idolize it. Stay with him. Stay with him. You just discover at the point you've lost a desire for that and you've just stayed with so much revelation sitting at his feet in his word. It, 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 it could happen. When you are not consciously searching for, your, your interest is in him, not in the physicality of him. You have so much faith to believe you, your, your word is truth. Uh, thank you, precious Holy Ghost. Luke chapter 24, I read from verse 13 in the New Living Translation as we begin to round up this evening. I believe somebody has been blessed by the word so far. The first piece is the revelation of truth. Properly tightened. No room for shame, no room for lack of productivity, no room for the drag. 
Luke chapter 24 from verse 13. It says that same day. This is a post-resurrection account of Jesus. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. That was a long time of talking and discussing. It says in verse 14, as they walked along, they were talking about everything that happened. That means they were reading. They were going to church. They were attending Bible study. They were streaming on YouTube. They were getting information. They were getting knowledge. They were getting exposed. But, but the lane of the belt of truth is not the realm of information or the realm of, 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 of knowledge. Those things feed into it. Don't get me wrong. But it's the realm where the Spirit of God takes the logos, takes the graphy, takes the information, takes the letter, quickens it and begins to reveal the Spirit of it. That is where your eyes are open to see. For I have heard of thee with the hearing of the ears, but now my eyes see you. That, brethren, is the belt of truth, the revelation of Jesus. Not the information. He's a nice guy. He's a prophet. He's a, he's a teacher. No. The Pharisees agreed he was a teacher. Rabbi, they called him. Maybe he's a prophet, but, but <laughs> we, we query this guy. Verse 15. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. Can you see why you must not, you must not rank an, a physical encounter above a spiritual revelation encounter? It's beautiful, trust me. I, I am not the one that will tell you it's not beautiful. It will leave a lasting mark on your life forever. But don't idolize it. It says in verse 28, By this time they were nearing Emmaus. I, I've jumped from verse 16 now. Because Jesus is asking them, folks, what's up? They're like, what's up? Are you new in town? You mean you don't? They were asking Jesus. You mean you don't know Jesus? They were asking Jesus. You mean you don't know what, what is happening in town? We we're, were hoping that this is our, our savior. This is our deliverer. We're hoping. Uh, and Jesus is saying, wow. Oh, fools. <laughs> Let's jump to verse 28 because of our time. It says, by this time they were nearing the miles and the end of their journey. I pray for someone, may you not come to the end of your journey without receiving a revelation of Jesus. May you not, re may you not arrive at the end of your journey before you discover that you traveled without light. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for you early in your journey, not late. Early in your journey, you will enter into the fullness of rest. You will uncover the revelation of Jesus. You will receive a revelation of the truth and you enter into the fullness of his glory. In the name of Jesus. He says they came to the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if it was going on. You are the one stopping in Emmaus. <laughs> My own journey continues. He says, but they begged him, abide. Abide in me. Don't visit. Don't read your Bible for his trick. Abide in me. Stay there. Precious Holy Spirit, there is, there is light and life here for me. Open my eyes to see it. I don't want to read tales. I don't want to read stories. I, I don't want to just read. And, and David went and Saul came. No, I need light. I need revelation. They pleaded with him. Stay, stay the night with us. Ah, this is the language. This is the language of tightening the belt. Stay with us. Stay the night. It's getting late. Stay here with us. Stay with us. He says, so he went home with them. Somebody say, abide. Somebody say, abide. They've been talking and gisting. No light. Came home with them. Settled down there. He says, as they sat down to eat, 
took the bread. He blessed it. He broke it. He took the scriptures. He opened it up to them and gave it to them. He says, suddenly their eyes were opened. Ah, I pray for someone under the sound of my voice this evening that your eyes will be opened. Remember what, what we read from Ephesians chapter 4. It says the ignorance of the hearts, the blindness of the eyes. Put it away, put it away, put on, put on. And I pray for you that in this season your eyes will be open. Your eyes will be open. You will not be found wanting. You will not be found lacking. You will not be found missing this critical piece of the belt of revelation of the truth in the name of Jesus. And as you make the commitment to this life, as you seek to settle, to abide, to create time and to stay and to stay, your world is noisy. Your world is busy and you are there staying, staying in the place of prayer, staying committed to the giant's challenge, leveraging on his grace and saying, I'm not about to give up now i pray for you that your eyes will be open and you begin to enter into the realm of revelation that your life will be one where there is no shame but that there is double honor your life will be one where there is no barrenness but there is bearing of much fruit your life will be one where there is no drag but there is supernatural speed by the spirit we decree that it is so in the name of jesus Come on, if you receive this word this evening, wherever you are, just say, Father, I thank you. Thank you because you love me too much. I don't know about you. This is my attitude to God's word. Father, this is not just another teaching on the believer's armor. This is you really taking us, walking us through why it is critical, why we can't just gloss over it so that, you know, I remember in the first square church, the part of the, the recitations for, for, the, for the kids in the children's church, you know, and we were required to memorize it. And, and, and now, life is not going to ask you for memory verses. Life is going to place demands on you. Where is the revelation of this truth? Where is the belt? Where is the belt? Where is your belt? Why is there shame here? Why is there a gap here? Why, why is there unfruitfulness here? Why is there barrenness here? Why is there so much drag here? Where, where is the light? Where is the difference? Thank you, Father, because you love us so much. And you have beckoned us to the place. The place of light. The place of revelation. As we deck ourselves and become fully armed for your glory. Thank you for this arm of light. Thank you for the grace to put off, the grace to put on, and the grace to put away. Thank you for your revelation. Thank you for the grace to make our time to abide, to stay, not to join the hustle, the bustle, the fixed speed of the chariots of Ahab and the chariots of the world. You wake up at four, first job. You, you, you clock in, clock out, second job, third job, fourth job. <laughs> so they're so far that the chariots of Ahab can go. He says, but the hand of the Lord comes upon you. The hand of the Lord comes upon you under the grace of revelation. You begin to outrun. That is our story. Come on, somebody take one minute and say, Father, thank you for your word. I am that person. I am that life. This is my reality. Glory be unto your name. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen and amen. We cannot end a service like this without giving someone an opportunity to meet the way, <laughs> to meet the truth, to meet the life. His name is Jesus. He's the lover of your soul. His name is Jesus. He died for your sins. His name is Jesus. He took your place in the grave. His name is Jesus. He was bruised, wounded for you. His name is Jesus. He went to the grave. His name is Jesus. He rose again triumphantly on the third day. His name is Jesus. He is alive today. His name is Jesus. 
is knocking on the door of your heart. My son, my daughter, there's glory ahead of us. Will today be the day you say yes? For that person under the sound of my voice, let it be today. Today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next year. No, when I'm a bit old, I'm young now. I want to enjoy my youth. Hey, 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 don't wait until the end of your journey before you have the revelation of Jesus. Right now, early in your days, as a young man, how that from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures, Timothy. God is raising a generation of young people, Samuels, that will encounter the light at such a young age. And we have decades of exploits. Decades. And I'm, I, I, it does not matter what your age is right now. Today is the day of salvation. I want to pray with you. Believing in your heart, whether it's your first time or you are rededicating your life, say with me, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for paying the price for me. Thank you because you died in my place. You took my place in the grave and you rose triumphantly from the dead. I believe you're alive today and I ask that you come live in me. I ask that you live through me and I receive the grace to live the rest of my life for you. I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I receive eternal life in my spirit. By your grace, I will live for you. In Jesus' name, we are prayed. I want to pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your sons and your daughters making the best, greatest decision ever in this moment. I pray for a supply of your spirit. I pray for a multiplication of your grace. I ask that where you have extracted and pulled them out from, no one will return. Instead, they will go and they will grow with you from glory to glory to glory to glory, doing exploits in your kingdom and for your glory. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen, 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 and amen. Come on for the miracles, for the word, for the souls, wherever you are, if you can. I want you to jam those ends together. Give the Lord a big shout. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at kicccanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you are a champion. God bless you.